Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, a podcast about neighboring rights brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Today, we have more artist questions. We have with us Duncan Howlett. Duncan Howlett, guitarist, as all the t-shirts and merchandise you say. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. But you're not just a guitarist. You're also a videographer, a photographer. You do production music, you do library music, everything really. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well-rounded portfolio, as they say. Oh, I like that. I like that very much. And I'm hoping you have questions for us about neighboring rights. Yeah, yeah, tons. Uh, but the ones we'll go through today, I definitely got a few now. Because I obviously make my own music, and I make uh, music for companies and corporations and stuff. What's the difference registration-wise between the music in my music videos and the music in my corporate videos I make? That's a great question. As long as like this music video is released commercially, it, it doesn't matter what the content is, as long as it's out there on YouTube, for example. So recently, GVL started to pay neighboring rights royalties for YouTube views which is amazing and that's what we all want we hope that the rest of europe follows suit at the moment in the uk at ppl they'll pay you if there's evidence that it's been broadcast in like gyms you know gyms that have the big tv screens and there's like these video jukeboxes that kind of thing so if something you've created and owned is on those jukeboxes and it's licensed in that way then yeah in theory you would get neighboring rights royalties register both for PPL and VPL for the video as well as just the audio recording. It's a little bit different. It's not usual and worldwide that you're going to get paid out neighboring rights royalties for specifically audiovisual works. Like here in the U.S., it doesn't cover YouTube, anything interactive or audiovisual. It's not going to pay out neighboring rights royalties. You will get the streaming income on the master side, but the performances of that are not going to get paid out. So you'll get your, your streaming income on the master side. You'll also get your, your performance and your mechanical. Actually, it's going to be considered a sync. So performance and sync on the publishing side is what you'll, you'll receive. But audiovisual works are disqualifying you from digital performances on the master side. Also, remember to release the just the music on its own, even if it's just on Spotify or Apple Music, so that you get that ISRC code and you can claim for just the audio. Brilliant. Is that different again for like when I make and release production or library music? It is. Yeah, it is very different. Quite a few countries pay for production or library music on the performer side. So if you performed on the music as well as to the rights holders, so you produced it, you own it, you played synth on it, keyboards, bass guitar, that's great, you're covered. At the moment, Belgium pays, Spain pays, Germany, most of Eastern Europe, France, but there are limitations, Denmark, but there are limitations. PPL, they don't recognize it and in theory, they do not pay for it. However, as Stacey mentioned, if you do a soft release of anything, so it's on 
Spotify and there's an ISRC, you might see some money trickle through. But at the moment, PPL, it's it's a no for production. But then there are ways of getting income if it's a soft release. That's Europe. What about the States, Andrew? Production music in the US. So production music, you would want to separate, like register the actual sound recording with sound exchange. And Again, this is separate from audiovisual, so just the audio of it. So when you say release it and it streams on Pandora, here in the states, it's a little bit different. We, it's not we don't have a technical neighboring rights. We only have non-interactive digital performance, which covers Pandora satellite radio. It's not like any radio broadcast, terrestrial broadcast. So register after you've distributed it. Register it with Sound Exchange, both on the rights holder side and on the label side, and that will cover for that income stream. And then on the publishing end, you'll also receive for all audiovisual works. So with ASCAP, with BMI, if you're going with PRS, they have an international mandate, it'll be covered that way. And can you also register it as music for a production and get the triple weighted mechanical? So the reason that, that they won't pay neighboring rights for production music is because MCPS pays a triple weighted mechanical royalty to make up for it. And because there's never been a soft release before. People now are releasing soft, but I wanna know if you get the additional payment for having the production company acknowledge the use in production music for that royalty. Separate royalty, not neighboring rights, separate royalty. This is how it breaks down here in the States. So for television, you'll get a royalty for the songwriter component of it, but you will not get a royalty for the master end of it. It's A, audiovisual, and B, broadcast. So we know that other countries pay for production music, but if you're signed worldwide to PPL, they'll still collect from those other countries and pay it through to you. They just don't collect it for UK, right? That is correct. However, uh, PPL will need your full repertoire and they may not necessarily go digging around all the different territories and matching airplay, looking at all the different repertoires, looking at your production music repertoire. They most likely will not do that, which is why it's very important if you own production music, whether you own it, you've performed on it or both, that you register at your biggest territories. And by that, I mean where you have your biggest airplay, streams, audiences, and yeah, focus on Belgium and Spain and Germany. Germany is a big payer because they pay for audiovisual. And then you can just go there directly, claim everything, and yeah, and let PPL handle as many other countries as you want because they're very good for audio. Uh, but audiovisual, it's nobody really knows the answer and we keep getting grey answers and we're like, what does that mean? You do more than just audiovisual and bespoke for video. Yeah. So I, I do my own music as well. My own music quite often is arrangements of established tunes already, but for solo guitar. So they'll have chords, melody, drums and stuff, and they might not be the original chord progression. It might not be the right rhythm. It might even have different melody notes and a different structure. How does that kind of work with kind of being classed as unique or exactly the same? Or? On the publishing side, mm. If it's still in copyright, you're going to need permission from the original publisher. If it's out of copyright, then you register your new arrangement. But for neighboring rights, it's irrelevant who wrote it. You release it, you get an ISRC, and you register both as the rights holder and as the performer. 
Only if it's an actual interpolation. So if you're completely recreating the, yes. the original composition and you're not actually sampling parts of the original recording into your new recording, that would be a straight interpolation, remixing the, the original composition. Yes, Stacey's right. It will be its own ISRC, but the composition will be considered a derivative work and you need yes. to get sample clearance for that. What about a fingerstyle arrangement, rearrangement of a <laughs> lullaby? If the lullaby is out of copyright, it's public domain, you don't need to get any permission. And if it is, you're not reconfiguring too much and it's like a cover version, I want to say that you will be clear to just do a mechanical royalty base on that, but it depends on how much you're distorting the original work. That is why we have compulsory licensing. It's just, if something has been commercially released, if you want to cover that, then you, all you need to do is pay the mechanical royalty, not you, but whatever yeah. the distribution platform is. And my rule of thumb as a place to start is if you think you changed it enough that you should have a percentage of the writing, then you need permission because you changed it too much for a compulsory license. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming, Duncan. This was brilliant. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a treat. I'm so yes. glad. Remember, go to iafar.co.uk and hit that like button. We'll see you soon. Take care.